Welcome to episode 157 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hey. It is Monday night, June 27th, and tonight we're going to air Matt's summer movie grievances. It's like Festivus, but only, only with movies and only with Matt. And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite DC Rebirth titles so far. It's early. But before we get into that, we like to do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. We'll make it brief. Go to mixsauce.com. You can find beautiful web comics, lovely podcasts, and refreshing reviews of the comic books that Paul likes or hates. You can go to Facebook and react with us on all the comic book news. We post news from various sites as well as the updates on mixsauce.com. The podcast can be found at iTunes.com. You can go to the iTunes store on your mobile devices and check it out. If you don't have an Apple device, how dare you? But you can also listen to the podcast on Stitcher Radio. And if you would like to stream or download from our mother site, you can go to Podomatic.com and you can download the episodes or stream them there. And for all the old-time classics... Go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com for all the oldies but goodies. So Matt, <clears throat> you had mentioned a couple days ago that you have some grievances to air about the summer movie slate. Um, I don't have, I don't think I have any issues with the summer movie slate. Because Batman v Superman would be considered the spring movie slate. Yeah, I was right. gonna say like summer movie, like technically summer, June twenty first, right? Somewhere in there, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, we only have like one weekend technically. Right, but I so, think we can all agree that the summer movie season starts with pretty much the first Marvel movie, which is the first weekend. Which is Deadpool. In. in it's the first weekend in, in May. May. So Captain America kind of kicked so things off. So between early May and now, you've just been handed nothing but disappointment after disappointment. Outside of including Captain, Independence Day. Outside of Captain America, that is correct. Matt, let's run down the movies that you've gone to see. Okay. You went to see Captain America. I did, and Captain America was good, although. On repeat viewings, I I think I gave it a 9. That might have been ludicrous on my part. That might have been my Thor The Dark World. Um, mm, nothing will so. be... Like, time out and fuck you. Because nothing <laughs> will ever be Thor The Dark World. Because I have complete strangers who are like, it was Thor The Fucking Dark World, was it? Oh, you stupid asshole. So nothing will ever be that. Well, that Continue. It's, it's my version of it. I mean, right. Nothing can compete. With that level of original stupidity. It is. It's original sin. Original stupidity. OS. OS. The OS. So, uh, okay, what did I see after that? Uh, Ian, do you have some kind of list up on your computer where you were running down? or? Matt, I was too busy trying to make fun of you to do that. So. Well, Matt, um, shouldn't you know you saw, you saw X-Men Apocalypse? I did. Um, and... We here at the McSauce Comic Book Podcast didn't even discuss it because it was so meh. It was like it kind of could or could not have happened. I don't know. Did it happen? 
It was so inconsequential. It was alright. If an X Men movie right. happens, does does anybody care? Does anybody notice? Lots of people care. Did they care? Yeah, did did we care? Noticed. Did we care about X Men? I think uh, we Marvel's? cared a little going into it, but coming out, we were just like, "Did I just see a movie? I don't know." I like, think the three of us cared the right amount. It's a shame. I'm a big oh, X Men fan, and I didn't care enough to push for us to review it. So. I think I was the one pushing to review it. You were. It just wasn't that good. It was not terrible, but holy crap. I mean, it's the X-Men. It should be a lot better than... That wasn't terrible, right? Right. So you have the X-Men. You have... I saw... Um, the Purge came out. <clears throat> I didn't see The Purge. I no. probably should have saw The Purge. Yes. Um, I saw the sequel to... The Conjuring? Alice in Wonderland. Ah, did you really go to theaters to see that? Through the Looking Glass. I did, Holy yeah. Fuck How good was Anne Hathaway? The whole thing was a mess. It was boring. Was Anne Hathaway a mess? The yes, because she mess. has that weird wig on, right? It doesn't yeah. matter. We've discussed this before. I've got a weird thing for the white wigs. Really? I, I don't think I don't we'll, like I don't like Well that's a face. whole look. That's a whole like pale undead. Yeah, look. but so is Anne Hathaway in the Alice in Wonderland movies. It's that pale movie, white wig. That movie was was really white boring. Um uh, Zootopia, you went to see that, right? I did, yeah. No, that did was, you really? I was just guessing. I did. I did see Zootopia, although that was March. Um, that <laughs> you fucking dumbass. God damn, highest that was grossing March, highest grossing films. Wiki, fuck. That was spring. Yeah. Um, we're let's here to discuss about, summer disappointments. Let's talk about Zootopia. It's a beacon of light. Did you see Zootopia? Fuck no. <laughs> Zootopia was one of the better. That movies. little bunny was hot. It was one of the better movies that I've seen. This year at the theater. Um, it actually is a, it's a kind of a cool movie with the parallels that it, that it kind of creates. It's definitely, yeah, it's kind of like, tries to parallel the real world in terms of like having these different sections of the city for different animals that represent different kind of, um, I don't know, races or different, uh, classes of people. So it's a eugenics movie? Yeah. Nice. And it's a lot deeper than it appears to be on the surface. Very creative and clever. Um, and good characters, good story. It was just, it was good all around. Um, what wasn't good all around, or in any way whatsoever, yes, I saw Warcraft, the movie. Did you really? Fuck you, mad. What are you doing? I was... Not I, watching television. That's actually good. That's doing? what he's doing. He's wasting his time on garbage in the movie theater uh, instead of watching quality entertainment on you, the television. You killed your summer. Warcraft? Are you a Warcraft player? No, I'm not. Uh, I thought the trailers looked pretty much terrible. I Admittedly, they did not look good. But I had, a, I had one day off. I don't have very many days off, and I thought... I am so in the mood to just go to a matinee and soak up a movie. I know nobody, it was a weekday, nobody was going to be there, and I was going to make the most of my movie-going experience. So I decided 
Warcraft. And I'll tell you why. I was at Barnes & Noble earlier that day, and I was in the kind of the film and media section. I was looking at those art of books where they have like the art of Batman v Superman, the art of Star Zootopia, Wars. the art of Star Wars. They don't have the art of Zootopia. They do have it, actually. Do they? Yes, and it's fucking awesome. But they had the art and of Warcraft. Face. Yeah, that's twice now. You want to go for the trifecta, Ian? You already, what happened after? You already faced me before the podcast. So. Doesn't count. Doesn't count if we're not recording. So, uh, if we're recording a podcast and someone releases X-Men Apocalypse, does it really happen? <laughs> so, oh. so, the Warcraft art book, I was like, I'm sure this is going to suck. But I opened it and I was instantly... <clears throat> Impressed. I was like, wow, these, like, these uh, environments and characters actually look pretty cool. Yeah, because they're rendered by, like, real artists in an art medium. True. So you're saying that the CG artists aren't real artists. (laughs) Yeah, what are you getting at? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, out there. Exactly. Like, no one's drawing a real actor standing next to something insanely fake and shitty looking. When they're doing all the conceptual artwork, mm-hmm. it's all artwork and everything it's looks all glorious artwork. and right. beautiful. Right. It, there's a harmony to it. I yeah. understand. Um, you never see, what's that actor's name that's in that movie? Nobody anyone knows because no one Paula anyone knows is in that movie. Who? Dominic Cooper? Who? Right. That's what I say every time I watch AMC's <laughs> The Preacher. Is he in that? Dominic Cooper? In Warcraft? No. According to Wikipedia, he no, is. No, he may he is, he is a voice. Oh. Ben Foster. Ben Foster is the major player in the movie, and he's oh. terrible. Uh, along <laughs> with along with everyone else. Help! Did fucking Clancy Brown is a voice. As it voice. was yes. It listen. This movie was so bad on every conceivable level. Go ahead. Ask me how an aspect of the movie was and I will I will tell you how I can't it was. So moving you, on. I can't, I can't believe you saw this. Yeah, we're no, done. No, we're no. done talking about this. No, 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 no. I want to fucking talk about it. Okay. Ask uh, me how something was and I'll tell you. Ruth Nega is in that too? Okay, okay. They can fucking look this shit up. Ask me. How was... How was... Uh, how was Dominic Cooper's performance? Was he an actual person on the screen or a CG character? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't remember Fuck. who he was in the movie. But what? Okay, ask me more general. What do you? What, how? Um, how was, what was? How was the plot of this film? I don't know. Um, Christ. So no, the the gist were of the it, colors bright, man. They were very bright. <laughs> The, Dominic the, Cooper was a phase actor. The special effects were... Thank you. The special effects were bad to awful. Um, sometimes they were pretty good in the context of just seeing them like exclusively. And what I mean by that is for the sequences with just the orcs... Clancy Brown it, was a voice. Oh my god, okay. So... In the sequences with just, like, the orcs, it was acceptable because you had no frame of reference of, like, a real person or a real environment next to them, and it was believable. The whole thing should have probably just been CGI, but when you blended live action with CGI, it was atrocious. It was so... It was like 
early 2000s, like, Jar Jar in The Phantom Menace was way more convincing alongside those actors than this mashup. It just didn't look good. Um, the acting was terrible. One of the big problems that I had was most of the characters didn't have a British accent, and to deliver the dialogue that was in this movie, you needed one. You, yeah. it, was, it was Lord of the Rings. Picture Lord of the Rings with all Americans. How goofy would that seem? Terrible. Right. Even the Americans that were in the movie were forced to adopt accents. I can't believe you fucking saw this piece of dog shit. I saw yeah, it based on an art book that I you're thought... You're fucking stupid. I thought there was a chance that it could be a very cool, like, like other fantasy like were, world. Were you in a place that also had a theater, so you were just, like, instantly, like, from Barnes & Noble... Two movie theater, like you could smell the popcorn There's in no, Barnes and Noble, and no, you're like, Fuck, I, I, I have to go. I understand what you're trying to do. There's no excuse for this. What's the next movie that you saw? I saw Independence Day four. Let's no, talk that's about Independence four. Day. Independence four. Day uh, four number Resurgence. two. <laughs> ID four. ID two? four two. ID four two. Wasn't wasn't he in the Force Awakens? Isn't, yeah, isn't that R two D 2s cousin? <laughs> so. Uh, ID4-2 was just, um, you know, the okay, so the original Independence Day is really cheesy. I didn't realize when I was 15 years old when I saw that movie quite how cheesy it was. But, <laughs> it's, it, but it's like, it's like Armageddon cheesy. What does that mean? It's like fun, this shit's just insane, fun, crazy, happy cheesy right yeah. right um acceptable um and entertaining and as long as you have endearing characters then you can kind of like cut through the cheese if you will ian independence day one had that it had endearing characters it had very charismatic characters vivica a fox was in that one Woo, was she ever Will Smith was in it. Jeff Goldblum was in it. Bill Pullman, when he was kind of cool, was in it. This movie returns a lot of those actors, but in much smaller roles, just to kind of get them in there. The The lead was carried by a new crop of actors, and you could almost... You couldn't almost... You could absolutely, like, find the equivalent character from the original and compare them to the new one in the sequel. And none of the new characters stood taller than their original counterparts. Like, um, you know, Will Smith obviously had the sense to not be in this, so they had to write his character out. So who who takes over as kind of the token black character? His son from the first movie who's grown up and he's a pilot. Not even a, an ounce of the charisma that Will Smith has failed. They really tried to push... Um, Thor's brother, what's his Liam name? Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth as as the the main character. Good looking guy. Yeah. Better looking than his brother, I think. Okay. That's what he's got not, going for. N- not a bad character in the movie. One of the better ones. Um, the daughter from the original, like Bill Pullman, the president's young daughter, is grown up, and 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 Thor's brother is now her, like her boyfriend. You follow. So that's how everybody's kind of tied together. Um, and then Bill or um, Jeff Goldblum returned, and he was good. But the problem was 
the story kind of tried to follow a lot of the same beats as the original, but it didn't do it in nearly as impactful a way. I felt like the build-up to the arrival of the aliens was so much um, less intense or exciting or mysterious as it was in the original. And even once they were there, it was just like, eh. And as the story went on, it became a bigger and bigger mess. It just kind of unraveled and made less sense. Whereas, like, the original was very easy to follow, um, which it should be. It shouldn't be complicated like a Michael Bay Transformers movie. It should be very simple because it's dumb fun. And this movie just failed. It failed so bad, and it got worse as it went. And I cared, like, not at all. When... Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna spoil it, but yeah, I I didn't care when certain things happened. So you've gone to see a bunch of dog shit movies this summer season. Of course, uh, you're fucking season. disappointed. You went Sorry. to see every movie that you shouldn't have gone to see. Paul, since you're the movie aficionado, what oh, should God. I have gone to see? Uh, you should have seen X Men Apocalypse, which you did, and then you should take a break until Suicide Squad comes out. So only go see superhero movies. Is incorrect. Well, in a way, correct, but also incorrect. The Turtles, okay. Ninja Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows. I went to go see it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought about seeing it. You should have seen that instead of Warcraft, dude. I know I should have. I can't believe you saw all these fucking minted 100% turds and you didn't see Turtles. I didn't think the trailer looked good at all. You're and, fucking nuts. And I watched... But you thought Warcraft was going to be worth your $8? I, no, the trailer didn't look good, but I was convinced based on... First of all, it was... It was you saw the trailer. It was Fuck fine. that art book. It was, fuck that art book. You saw the trailer. Uh, fuck, I'll fuck your $5. I don't care how cheap it was. Fuck your I'll mother, man. You got a free pass. Listen to me. You knew that was going to be bad. His mother was It was insane. five and change, first of all. Secondly, that art book looked real good, man. Did so, it suck like, your dick? It didn't quite do that, no. But what? listen, listen, listen with your ears. I saw Turtles, the first one, like three times. And it gets worse every time you see it. Okay? I, and then I thought the trailer looked kind of shitty So for the second one. So I wasn't real interested in seeing the second one. What okay. kind of problems it, did you have with the first one, man? The first Turtles? Right. Uh, well, the origin's really fucking difficult to get past. Um, the voice acting, particularly on Splinter, and I want to like Splinter so much, because when he fights Shredder in that movie, that's pretty dope. But um, I, I don't like the way the Turtles are, are portrayed. Nostrils or not, don't give a shit. What I do give a shit about is the fact that it's four Incredible Hulks. They toned all that they listened to you, Matt. They heard your your pleas to tone them down, to scale them down. Well, that was nice of them. So, Donatello, Michelangelo, eye to eye with Stephen Amell. That's Not sure how... To, to the four twer- turtles right there. Twirtles. 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 Not sure Twirtles. how tall CW's Green Arrow is. I'm going to guess he's 5'10". That's my guess. Um, the turtles were... Scaled down a lot because you have to bring in Rocksteady and Bebop, who are going to be larger. If you have giant Hulk turtles, then you're going to have insane Rocksteady and Bebop. Right. They also made 
the Shredder, the actual villain of this movie. It was an actual actor most of the time. Like, no CG on it. It looked really good. Um, I thought that the actual plot of the movie, which had to do a lot with family and whether the the brothers were going to take the step and use this ooze to become humans or stay who they actually were, which is turtles, um, that was handled pretty well. Yeah, uh, actually that, um, kind of that plot device to me doesn't interest me actually. It like, doesn't? No, not usually. Not usually. Like, I'm not a huge fan of kind of like my heroes losing their powers, like in Spider-Man 2. I didn't love when he kind of started losing his powers or, well, isn't there like another one where a character, like Superman 2, I don't love when he You're not a fan powers. of the thing wanting to change around his situation? Not um, necessarily something that he ever wanted to be. And the Turtles want to blend in. They want to fit in. They, they're teenagers. It's sort of part and parcel to the struggle of the youth. I Tell us about the struggle. I man. suppose, but like we're talking about... Is that about, why you had such a strong connection to this movie? I because you related to the Because I used the word struggle? I suppose <laughs> we're kind of talking about characters that want to go back to their original form. Or, like, no, no, no want I to think... go back to being white. No. It's characters that want What's to up, just... What's up, Justine? It, it's characters that want to that. to fit in and to be normal. And I think that's a good narrative for the Ninja Turtles. They're trying to help everybody, but they're looked upon as dangerous or different. But they're, guess they I, really just want to be part of <clears throat> New York because they are New Yorkers. I suppose. I, I guess I just don't get no. into that, like, well, there's an antidote and it just turns you into a human. Like, eh. Just, like, tell me cool Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stories. It's that as well. Yeah, I mean, you I get guess. all the Rocksteady and Bebop business. I, well, wait, so you I get Frang and out. Dimension X, and you get all that For fun real. stuff. Well, Matt, yeah. so you are out on the thing wanting to be human again? Um, yeah. Yeah. Really? No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm for it. Oh, oh, you're, see, you're, well, oh he, he said you're out on it. And oh yeah. Are, so are you, you, you do you don't like, like that the or thing do you trying to be human? I'm fine with him wanting to be a human again. See, I think the thing naturally wants to be human because he was human. He knows right. everything that's great about being human, other than and being a guy. Turtles right. never knew that. Turtles were turtles, and then they're still turtles. Right. They don't but know but they're sentient beings, human. and they're almost they're more human than turtles. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, but like the creature comforts of being a human are lost on them. So like all they really know. Is being themselves. They just need to be comfortable going out in public. They're yeah, and that's they're a not gig- like oh man, I wish I knew. And that's what a gig- it was like to. And that's a gigantic thing, if they could get out of the sewer and move about and not have people look at them strangely. That's a gigantic part of what they want to achieve. Yeah, I, that's why it's called Out of the Shadows, by the way. I think like your um yeah, your endorsement think- is actually pretty strong. So I. I, th- I think I might actually go see that movie. If you want to see Warcraft, I think... And you're a Ninja Turtles fan. And I, I hear your grievances about the first one. I had similar grievances. I I like this movie. I really did. And it's better than the first. I believe that it's better than the first. What Warcraft taught me is that I will never play a Warcraft game. Like, ever. <laughs> okay? And anyone that does, I do not value their opinion 
at all. I feel like this Warcraft movie is way too late. For right? Warcraft Didn't Warcraft happen seven I mean, years we, ago? Shouldn't we be rushing the Overwatch game into production? Well, fittingly, the effects look like they're from about seven years ago, so maybe that... They've been sitting on this. Here's what they what plugged Dominic movie, Cooper's face in there to get those preacher fans. So here's what that movie also tells me. Why aren't you there? It also that tells me like that um, the Chinese have no fucking taste whatsoever right. because this movie is slaying in China. Right. I don't know why. I don't know how, but they are dumb. They like just over the top shit. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And if you can make something that is balls out bananas. The Chinese will eat that shit up. Yep, that's true. So thanks, China, because we're going to get another piece of shit Warcraft movie. Well, yeah, how about this? But guess two- what? You don't need to go see it. We can just ignore it. And you should have gone and seen this first one because you knew it was going to be bad. I, this is appalling to me it, that you went to see Warcraft. I, I did it on a, on the power of a hope and a prayer. Is that a Bon Jovi song? It might be. I wish we had the power to turn back time so that you, <laughs> you could. Oh! Not yeah! Watch that film. Fuck yes! So, you fucking madman. So, um. Will you. Okay. On the back of Warcraft, will you go see Ghostbusters? Probably not. I will go see Ghostbusters. I think I will. That's great. Can we make I'm a date to go see Cinderella? Or can what? we make a date to go see Ghostbusters right now? Yeah, I mean, like, why don't we all go see it? Why don't we mix us road trip it? Because haven't we just established we know when a movie's going to be shitty and I shouldn't have gone to see it? No, we don't movie. because you want to go see a totally shitty movie that well, maybe the I two learned. of us agree with. Well, I also thought it looked shitty. I just Do we have to vote on these movie trips now? Look, look. You think Ghostbusters is going to be good? No. But I will give it a chance. Why? I'll give it more of a chance of Warcraft that I have absolutely no connection to the director, any of the people in the film. I at least have seen. What connection do you have Paul to the Fee. current? Paul Feig. Are you and Paul Feig? No, like, time out. What's your connection? No, time out. Your drinking buddy? Paul Feig. Is he in your fantasy football league? Matt, just because you're raising your voice doesn't mean that I'm going to hear your point. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Paul Feig. Do you play poker with him? Whatever you're finished. <laughs> Paul Feig made Bridesmaids. You saw that, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. It was pretty funny, right? Mm-hmm. Overrated, but yeah. Overrated? Yes. Overrated? Yeah. Get out. It was, a, it was a fucking chick flick disguised as like a raunchy comedy, but go ahead. It was a raunchy comedy. It was a chick flick disguised as a raunchy comedy. Go ahead. She took a poop in the middle of the street. It was a chick flick disguised as a raunchy comedy. Anyway, it was a movie that I enjoyed. Chick flick or no, so I will give this movie my fucking $6 at a matinee. Ghost I Ghostbusters. Ever. Ghostbusters doesn't look great. The trailers haven't done them a whole lot of Does service. it look better than Warcraft? Uh, the Fall Out Boy Missy Elliott theme song has gotten... A lot of flack. A lot of flack. I don't really think it needs it. What the fuck do you want? From your theme song. Ray Parker Jr.'s theme was a fucking accident. The whole movie, that whole movie was an accident. And, like, how big that fucking shit got. And how popular it got. Like, no one knew that was going to be as good as it was whenever all that shit came out. And now we're all living on sentimentality. So, what the fuck do you people think? 
that this Ghostbusters movie is just going to tap into that lightning in a bottle again right out of the gate and they're going to give you a couple trailers and a current theme song and we're all going to be stroking it like it's fucking old school Peter Venkman again? Well, considering no, that's no, the way it's they're marketing this it. thing. They're not marketing it that way at all. It's going to earn Dude, it. did you even see the first trailer? What yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and they, they immediately talk about how the Ghostbusters from yesteryear had to fight against evil or whatever the fuck it was. They immediately kind of just like they immediately reference the old shit. They, they do, they but they just kind of like they just kind of glance over it, man. Yeah, like, it's it, not a big part of it. And then the the four members of the Ghostbusters are just chick versions of the fucking characters that were in the original. Are they not? Yeah, True. I'm not disputing that what we've seen so far isn't misguided, but I think it's got potential to be better than we think. I don't think I'm gonna love it. I think I'm gonna walk away from it the same way I walked away from X-Men Apocalypse. Like, heh, I just watched a movie. But I definitely think there's more merit to seeing it than there is in fucking Warcraft. Art book or no. Maybe we need to get you the art of Chick Ghostbusters to get you psyched up to go see it. Chokebusters, come on. The, the thing is... How dare you, you fucking dudist. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. At least Warcraft wasn't, like, using some kind of, like, nostalgic property from, like, our childhood and trying to capitalize on our nostalgia for something. Like, a sequel that we've They're all kind of wanted to see Capitalizing for on people's nostalgia from a lesser time frame, uh, from 2002. Like, that's what Warcraft is doing. Because no, it's late, dude. right? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Are I, you that offended by the fact that they're rolling out Ghostbusters at this point? Like, it's happening. And they're going to do it over and over again. There are going to be other properties that they roll out. And we might as well just fucking at least give it a chance. And then shit on it. If it's bad, if this is a bad movie, we will be the first ones to tell people to never see it. To shit on everything that we saw. We do that. We I realize that. I realize that. But what I'm saying is, you know, we have we just spent 20 minutes talking about how I should have known better. That movie looked bad. And I still stupidly went and saw it. And yet, oh, let's go see Ghostbusters. Well, I we know this looks bad. I've seen... <clears throat> no, the, this the, doesn't the look tra- bad like Warcraft. The trailer bad. that Warcraft I... Warcraft looks like something we could fucking make right now. The trailer that I saw if before... we had the money to hire Dominic Cooper. Before Ninja Turtles had finished effects, looked a lot better than anything that I've seen before. Maybe it's the fact that I'm just over the initial um, stigma of, oh, they're making another Ghostbusters and they didn't bother to pull any of the old cast or feeling into this new movie. We also Ma- maybe know- I'm just over that at this point. And I'm like, all right, summer movie. Let me go check it out. That's all that I'm going in to seeing this. We for. also know summer movie. Ghostbusters is made by fans of the original property, and there are proven commodities in the movie. Chris Hemsworth, Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, they've done successful things before. It's not like going into Warcraft where your biggest names are Dominic Cooper and Clancy Brown. Yeah, I've seen Kristen Wiig in a lot of things, but I've liked her in everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah, there's more potential behind Ghostbusters than there is anything 
behind Warcraft. I think there's plenty of argument to be made why you'd see Ghostbusters over Warcraft. I'll get you the art book. I'll get you our new Ghostbusters art book. Possibly. I mean, Warcraft is a property, though. At the very least, it's original, and it's a big deal. Like, whether you want to admit it or not because you don't like video games, Warcraft is... No, no, no. No. This is true. Warcraft is a big, big property. That's why I didn't use Ghostbusters as the property in my argument. Because Warcraft is just a big, if not bigger, property right now. It's definitely bigger. Yeah. I understand that, but... It looked bad. It did, but they both look bad. They no, both look bad. Visually, Ghostbusters looks really good. Visually, Warcraft looks like it, it looks like an unfinished game reality yes. hybrid. Yes, the effects looked better in the Ghostbusters movie than Warcraft. But what Warcraft had going for it was it was creating something new, whereas Ghostbusters is kind of trying to. <laughs> redo right. what yeah. we did show, wait, wait, wait. Wait. show of hands who thought we were going to be having the Ghostbusters Warcraft fight tonight uh, nobody no, since this is a visual medium uh, nobody no hands went up um, you're saying that you're, you're, you're taking away from Ghostbusters because it's not an original thing the time for us to hand out demerits for that is over man like Everything's an adaption. Everything's something from something. Everything's a remix or a re- true, true. imagining, true. right? So we to- totally yes. Can we be done with that? No, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> tell me why. I will tell you why. <clears throat> because that's a part of it. We know that. I, I get Paul with st- notwithstanding. This doesn't look too good, and and it. Looks, I don't think it looks like shit, man. I really don't think it looks like shit. The the trailer like tried to be funny like maybe you guys thought the trailer had funny parts I thought are you under were... the impression that I think this is gonna be a good movie I think yeah kind of am I am I missing something yeah I think it's gonna be okay yeah I don't think it's gonna be good so why are you insistent to go see an eh, okay movie because we want to go see fucking X Men and that was okay because I, I think because every movie can't be great because I think Ghostbusters is a more McSauce comic book podcast type property, and I also think that it has more potential than Warcraft. That's why I went on a fucking Wednesday and didn't invite you motherfuckers with me. That wasn't a McSauce field trip. That was just a Matt field trip. And right, I went, so why are you arguing the McSauce field trip to see Ghostbusters? Because it's not a McSauce field trip kind of movie. That's not Suicide it. Squad is. Even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is. But the Ghostbusters remake... Well, now that we just spent 20 minutes on it, we've turned it into a field trip. The fans will demand it. We have to review it now. (laughs) Didn't we just do that? (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to go see Star Trek, too? Looking forward into your future disappointment, Matt? Or, Or looking beyond, perhaps? So we want to do that, yes. Uh, Fuck. Yes, uh, that to me could be that in Suicide Squad could be what saves this summer because it's not going to be Ghostbusters. Um, And it certainly wasn't fucking Warcraft. Well, it won't be Ghostbusters now because you've fought your point, defended it in public, and will not change from it. So it will not be that. Well, 
Name one time that you've moved from your official position on movies. The Fantastic Four? You never moved away from that. You were always shitting on it. I think and then I it turned it into garbage. I gave it a five, and my expectations was like a one. Oh, stop it. You thought that it was going to be Ooh. garbage the whole time. You did. But when I gave it my final score, it was a five. So fuck you. Did you give it a five for your final score? There's no way that you gave it a five. Go go to the tape then. Six is mildly entertaining. Five is like middle of the fucking road. Yeah, but dude, let's remember like reality instead of... Hey, dude. Let's just remember reality. When we saw it, we said... First half was actually pretty good. That is what we said. And yeah. there were redeeming qualities. Yes, it fell apart in the final act, but like we kind of liked it to a certain point. We liked and that as first we were half. Going, we like I personally felt like, man, I was like, I almost feel bad that I was so hard on it because it was better than I thought it was going to be. No, you didn't feel bad. You were totally vindicated because you were like, this is going to be a flaming piece of shit. Don't and it is wrong, Ian. I like being right. I would Don't never accuse... All. Yeah. I would never <clears throat> accuse you of not liking being right. It's, yeah, right. It's it, one of your things. It, it, it is. You like to be right, too, correct? Up there with your prediction of Godzilla, the Fantastic Four performing terribly is one of your hallmark McSauce moments. That is true. It is well documented that I thought it would be terrible and I stood by that until the end and then when I saw it, it ended up being better. We're going to have to go to the tape. There's no way you gave it a five. What do you think I gave it then? I think you gave it a three or a two. I'm going to give you a two in a minute. There's Mm. only one way to settle this. Fans, go to the tape because we're lazy. <laughs> I was going to say flaming torches in the backyard. <laughs> oh. well, okay, bad. So, anyway, yeah, this summer, not real good, but Suicide Squad and and Star Trek, I think, have a lot of potential to kind of bring us back. We've got Jason Bourne also at the end of July. I don't know if that fits into the McSauce I've never seen a Jason Bourne movie. I saw the first two. Is um, Matt Damon's not in the third one, correct? He's in the first three, not in the fourth one. Jeremy Renner is in the fourth one. Green Arrow's in the fourth one. Right, but Matt Damon returns. Julia Stiles also. Hawkeye. I was like, when the fuck was Stephen Amell in a Bourne movie? I messed that up. It's Hawkeye. Um, Marvel's Arrow character. I'm not disinterested in Jason Bourne, but it's something like if it, if I see it now, somewhere on the DVR, maybe I'll really? check it out. At some point, tonight. I don't need to go to the theater to see it. I think I've movie. seen the the original trilogy. I definitely saw it in the theaters. Um, I'm excited for this. I like the Jason Bourne movies. They're like a updated 007 you like for me. Julia Stiles. I do like Julia. I like Matt Damon too. I like. Uh, Alicia Vikander as well, who will be in this. At some point tonight, we'll, we'll get into Rebirth books, right? But do we have to? We're talking movies <laughs> now. Before we do that, Ian, um, yes. so it's kind of a James Bond style. What sets it apart from like a James Bond? Like, What is it about the Bourne movies that make them you know, different than other spy Can thrillers? I take a shot at answering before you answer? Sure, go ahead. I've, even though I've never seen a full James Bond movie, 
Okay. And I've only seen two Jason Bourne movies. Okay, so this is a... No, I, I feel like... This I feel is like a professional... And he's never seen any of the Purge movies. No, but go I ahead. I feel like I've got this one. I think there are certain tropes that have been built into the James Bond franchise that need to be honored no matter how much we update the franchise. But Jason Bourne's a start from scratch, modern day thing from like 10 years ago that has a lot more room to grow and breathe and we don't have to stay focused and honor the original Ian Fleming stories. I would agree with that. It's all updated kind of versions of spy action thriller. See, I'm not a dummy all the time. Not all the time. Heavy on the... I like, I like the... Uh, caveat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, you did... For somebody that's seen like one quarter of these things, sort of, maybe whenever I was taking a nap, you did a really good job. Yeah, they're they're just like updated. Oh, speaking of taking a nap, going back to the Warcraft movie, mm-hmm. I fell asleep. asleep. You fucking, fucking asshole! What the fuck, man? Why did you go see that? I don't know how it ended. I woke up in the credits room. I hate your guts. I hate your fucking guts. See now, I'm gonna you- fucking choke you. Now you have to not only go see Ninja Turtles, because you would enjoy it. Okay. You would stay awake. Wait, time out. You would at least be awake to see the fucking end. They sing the Ninja Turtles song at the end, the cartoon, authentic Ninja Turtles song. Oh, cool. Yeah, you like that. I do, yeah. So... I like the new one better though, in the in the current like Nickelodeon show. You like that theme song better? Yeah, I do. You like that theme song better? Do you? I do. How? Yeah, fuck. I think I do Dare too. Dare you? Really? Yeah. Ooh, fuck. It's updated. I don't it's give a very shit. Very updated. Really? Yeah. No, I don't give a shit. You're in the eighties. You're in eighties is... camp. Firmly. Well, as should every fan. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because so, it's updated you know or whatever. What? Maybe I wouldn't like the new Turtles movie. Come to think of so, it. So, uh, okay. Whatever. You, you like the eighties one better than the Nickelodeon one. Do you hate the Nickelodeon? No, I don't hate it. But it's I good. Think that You're just a fan of the other one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, even the new one borrows key elements, right? Yeah, So it yeah. understands that it's not the classic, right? Mm-hmm. And I can, yeah. I can agree with remixing things. I'm a fan of the remix. It's fine. But I like the authentic original. What Are do you, you like better? the what Fall Out Boy Ghostbusters theme? <laughs> What do you like better? Do you like Under Pressure? Or do you like, oh, I like Ice, 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 Ice Baby? Baby? Fuck you! Hands under down. Pressure is Hands way down. better. No, Matt, every time I hear Under Pressure, I'm upset that it's not Ice Ice Baby. When I, ha- when I hear the hi-hat kicking in for the Ice Ice Baby part, I'm like, fuck this. And I turn it off. Under Pressure. Matt, do you, do you know what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you prefer? I don't want to answer. God, why would damn I know? It. You have to answer. I mean, we're you do split. have to answer. The vote's split right yeah. now. Ice you Ice can Ice win. Baby. Fuck that, because it's a better song. God damn it. I told you I didn't want to answer. I didn't want you to feel bad, Ian. McSauce Nation, we're going to put a poll up. Under pressure or Ice Ice Baby. You can't ask the we're general do it. public. Why not? Because why not? Because they don't know? Because no, they don't know like you? King fucking Because McGinty? everyone thinks Under Pressure <laughs> no, is they so don't. fucking good. No, because yeah, I've just been proven do. wrong by a by a group small of my sample peers, size. A sample of my peers. Sample the size. closest peers. Yeah. The people everyone that I thought that, that liked the same things that I like, 
but they clearly fucking don't. Put it out there. I will. I'll do it right now. So I read uh, Green Arrow from DC's. This is my segue. I read the Green Arrow uh, Rebirth book and Green Arrow number one from DC's Rebirth, um, which uh, started what about three weeks ago? Rebirth. Yeah, about three weeks ago. Um, and it's kind of like DC attempting to clean up the oil spill, if you will, that was the New 52. Um, the New 52, this is my analogy, it started as this luxurious uh, uh, oil platform in the Pacific. <laughs> luxury. <laughs> luxury one. You know. Like the one that they worked on in Armageddon? Yeah, right. I was like, you know, if you yeah, decide to go on vacation to the... To the uh, what are those things called? What did I call it? What the fuck are they called? The They're oil, an oil rig. Oil rig. That's it. Oil. But rig. there's no luxury ever. Well, in this one there is. Okay. Until disaster strikes, which was about one to one and a half years after the the oil rig was underway, and then the horrible oil spill. It it. Spilled out into the ocean and it killed all the dogs. And it killed all the wildlife. Uh, do you call like sea life wildlife in um in this analogy? Yeah, because it's in the wild. It is. Right? I but I never. I think woods when I think in the wild. Why right? when you just said sea life? It's sea life, not wildlife. But it's also wildlife, right? It's yeah. Wait, why am I asking? Right. Yeah, it's wildlife. It's in the wild. It's wildlife. A seal. That's going to die from this luxury oil rig is wildlife. A seal is sea life. But it's still in the wild. You're never going to find a seal in the forest. I think the wild is the forest. I could be wrong. But I okay. think it is. Sea life. I think, a, I think a seal classifies as sea life. In the wild, This though. is the best episode ever. Fuck Yes. Sea life. Matt, keep going. Something about green You're killing sea life from your so, luxury so, oil rig, you motherfucker. Do they have waitresses that are like, you're fucking they, Long Island iced tea, they sir? They have a casino on this thing. Jesus fuck. It's it, Right. So listen. So all, all the wildlife in the ocean is affected and they're killed off. Life. I heard it. It's he was horrible. wrong. It's horrible. And... And... It's a disaster of epic proportions. There's nothing you can do other than basically drain the ocean and start again. That's what Rebirth is trying to do. Isn't that a good analogy? So um, they relaunched, what, about mm, about 10 books to start? Maybe not quite. Um, Green Arrow, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash. Yeah, probably yeah, about yeah. 10. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Green Arrow was one of the new characters that, or not one of the new characters, but one of the characters that they rebirthed. And, you know, they, with the first rebirth comic, they kind of get the character back to, um, back to basics and kind of get back to the essence of the character. And um, they do a really good job of making it an accessible character. So in the first issue of, well, in, in Green Arrow Rebirth, they introduce the character they let you know that he's basically this um kind of tree hugging billionaire 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 philanthropist that um so a crime on the side 
and uh, they do an excellent job. They also introduce Black Canary, and the two of them kind of square off in a lot of um, almost like political debates or um, almost like, um, I don't know, like uh, social kind of standings with, uh, I don't know, basically like where they are in the hierarchy. And it's almost like Green Arrow's a hypocrite because he, he's all the way at the top. Oliver McQueen's at the very top <clears throat> of the food chain in in What's DC's his name again? Seattle. What's his name? Oliver Queen. Did I say I said McQueen, didn't I? You did. Oh, Oliver Queen. Sorry. Um, and uh, but anyway, um, there's great banter between both uh, Black Canary and Green Arrow, and they introduce um, the what are they called? The underground people. I forget exactly what they're called. The underground men, and it's like this group of of like characters that that steal homeless people and steal children and basically sell them off as slaves and they're really creepy um so then it rolls into the next issue and you see that black canary and green arrow take their their uh relationship to the next level and uh you also realize that green arrow has a younger sister which is pretty fascinating and i won't tell you how the first issue ends because it is a very cool ending um but holy crap who is this written by paul you're you're holding my comic uh ben percy ben percy no idea what he's written before but there's some really good dialogue really good character moments in these comics and paul who's the artist on this book otto schmidt otto Schmidt. schmidt germany's own otto schmidt otto schmidt can can draw with the best of the of the Germans. So it's really cool artwork. It fits the story really, really well. It's very different than the DC house style. It's it is. It feels almost like a an image comic, really. The art reminds me a little bit of the artist that draws Luther Strode. Um, yeah. His name's Tradmore, but it, not quite as exaggerated or like crazy movements, which I kind of like. I feel like it. It's kind of fitting. One disappointment is Green Arrow won't shoot anybody through the face. It's like he only shoots guys in the shoulder. Both. Um, yeah, he needs to be a little more ruthless. Otto Schmidt also did, does the colors. Did someone on this bring book? that up, or is that what you were looking for in this book? Shooting face, face. face shooting. Well, he he only he comes he's pretty only close shooting right people here. In, in the. Oh, when he shoots the cigar, yeah. Um, he's only shooting people like in the shoulders and disabling them. Like I feel like he needs to be. Take some motherfuckers out. I don't think yeah. he needs to kill anybody. No? No. What? Well, I, I forget who wrote the arc, but like, what I really like to see in a Green Arrow book and what I want to see more of in Arrow, the TV show, is some of the trick nonsense, some of the stuff that makes Green Arrow kind of a superhero. Like, nice inflection there, Christopher Walken. When he's like, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to shoot this arrow off this rearview mirror and then off the stop sign and then it's going to go through someone's cap. And then it's going to knock, knock all these down. dominoes over. <clears throat> yeah, like I want some of that just crazy bullshit that, you know, takes it out of the realm of this guy just fights crime with a bow and arrow. Right, right, right. Because right, right. in this day and age, it's silly. Like it needs a little bit of that, 
extra silliness. Whimsy? Is yeah, that needs, what you're reaching yeah, for? It needs a little it needs a little whimsy. Matt, do you think this book had any whimsy? Yes. I do. It looks really cool. It's it looks really cool. It was looking great. Flip this through right now. I, mean, I think I'm gonna borrow this. You didn't get it? No, I didn't get it. Why? Because aren't you I the hated... resident DC guy, Paul? Yeah, but I don't, get all, I don't get DC? all green sea. If I cut you, do you, do you bleed <laughs> blue? I don't, I don't get all green sea. Green sea? I, I, I didn't like the new 52 green arrow. They took him too much like arrow. I think right. green arrow and arrow can exist in the same place but be two different characters. But they tried to make the new 52 green arrow too much like Stephen Amell. And it just didn't work. The entire thing with Rebirth is that they're trying to take them, take these characters back to a place where us comic book fans recognize them, right? I see. McSauce Nation is already responding. Have, our, have they really? To our music pool. Like dummies. Oh, I'm right. Then, aren't I? Well, do you like that, Ian? Do you like being right? Um, do I like being right? Who doesn't like being right, Matt? Uh, under pressure. Maybe Paul? Under pressure. Maybe, maybe Paul? Se- okay, 75 yeah. to 25. Under pressure. I wish I could see who, who voted for Ice Ice Baby, because they're my favorites. Well, I just voted for If under you pressure. voted for under pressure, you're a dummy. Wow. On the record right now. So anyway, yeah, I recommend Green Arrow out of the Rebirth stuff. I also read Superman Rebirth, which was good, but Green Arrow was just really good. So, um, Ian, have you read any Rebirth books? I have read some Rebirth books. Would you mind telling um, us about them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the latest Rebirth book that I read was Batman Rebirth. Yeah. Where we... Now, we, did Batman need to be rebirthed? <clears throat> uh, depending upon who you ask, maybe. Um, I think that a lot of people fizzled out on the Greg Capullo... Scott Snyder version of Batman towards the end. I don't think that it was as strong as it started out to be. Now we have Tom King of Vision fame, as well as David Finch, which some people like, some people don't like. And uh, they are taking the reins of the new Batman book. This first issue kind of concerns with a, a plane getting hit with a missile and Batman kind of going after said plane to save it. And sort of how kind futile of like sort of how futile Batman kind of is to Gotham City, I think is the theme of that is that he can do a lot of things but whenever it comes to the big huge things, uh, Batman would probably die doing them. And at the end of the book as Batman kind of tries to save this plane with all that a human can do to save a plane and not die two figures swoop out of the sky gotham and gotham girl who are sort of like superman ish sort of figures and pick the plane up and gently rest it into gotham's harbor and say that they're they're the protectors of the city and that's who's going to take care of gotham from here on out so it's it's a little interesting to see new heroes in Gotham that are sort of apart from Batman. Um, I thought that it was pretty effective to see how, 
you know, how small Batman can be and how he can't really deal with some of the bigger things that happen in Gotham City. I really like this issue. And Newsarama beat this issue up a little bit. Did they really? Yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was pretty they, good. They, they kicked it in the nuts a little bit. And I really liked it. Uh, Tom Kane really... I, I was going to say he really skirts with... Uh, or flirts with the issue of the Bat God. The one guy can bring down a fucking jumbo jet safely. Yeah, I, I thought it addressed that head on with... Yeah, this isn't going to be that Batman. This Batman can't do everything. But it, in a way, it felt that. But he was he was doing it. Ish. I mean. Ish. Like yeah, in I mean, the you, final few pages, they're like, "Yeah, Alfred's like, yeah, you're going you're to die. fucking die. Like, yeah. there's no way you're not going to die doing this." Yeah, and, and but I, I felt like the way that Tom King addressed how Batman's going to take down this plane was way more. Way more realistic in like comic book science than anything Grant Morrison did, which was just insanity, and like it, it all made I've sense. Read. And this yeah. was the first time in a long time that I've really enjoyed a Batman book because it was about Batman, and you know Batman's trying to save this plane, and he realizes the plane's going down, and he's saying his last will and testament. It's sort of a, about. Batman's frailty in in so many times as you reference with the Bat God, you don't get to actually see Batman struggle with anything because he's the smartest guy in the room and he can do whatever. We just came off a Justice League arc where he knew he knows everything. And I, I got the sense that the the Newsarama article was like, well, you know, you go through all of this this really heartfelt goodbye between Batman and Alfred, and it's. Like, Batman knows he, he's he's going to die, but he's going to save all these people on this plane, and it's okay. And him and Alfred are going through this heartfelt goodbye, and then that wipes all of that out when Gotham and Gotham Girls save the planet again. It doesn't wipe any of that out. Hey, all news Roma, fuck you. Batman exists. was never going to die. Like Right. You're not, well, you're not going to kill Batman unless you're Scott Snyder or Grant Morrison, and you're a fucking moron. Is that Damien in the airplane? Or is that just some... It's I just think some it's just some dark-haired... But like it doesn't it doesn't negate the emotion that you feel when these two characters are really honestly emoting to each other. Well, yeah, he doesn't die. He doesn't need to die for that moment to be any more heartfelt. Props to David Finch for this book as well. I thought that I know that I sit here with two David Finch uh, haters is such a strong word. People that don't necessarily like David Finch's artwork, and I think that... Well, maybe if the guys who did the Warcraft Art of book did a David Finch Art of book, Matt would be on board. I see what you did there. That's that's a callback. That's a callback. That's also an attack on Matt's character, so I will not stand for that. I'm just saying that both of you dislike David Finch's artwork. I don't dislike, I don't David dislike his artwork. artwork. I think you guys have called it dog shit I want to say, fans, could you go back in the archives and exhaust.libson.com? He's, he's got ups and downs. Like, I feel like... You guys don't like I him, I feel though. like he's stuck in that, um, like, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, what am I really doing? I'm just a hybrid of these guys' world. Like, he hasn't carved out his own niche in, like, this is my art, this is what I'm doing. Okay, that's fair. I think in this book, he kind of mm. finds his own stride. 
some of the things I've heard you guys comment on, useless lines, a lot of like heavy, heavy um, just strokes everywhere. I think he's kind of moved away from a lot of stroking. You guys aren't big into heavy stroking. Big fan. Big fan of heavy stroking. From what I've learned of you two, you're not heavy into heavy stroking. You're kind of light into heavy stroking. Well, we learned before we started recording that Matt's been having computer issues because he strokes too heavy in bed. Right, and he's going to have to... He makes it too humid. Right, right, right. The friction kind of like kicks up a little bit in that condensed area. So he's going to have to either move... It's too moist right around that track pad. Or get a dehumidifier to lessen the moisture Moisture. in the room. Now, (laughs) David Finch has taken a lot of the line work out of his current work. It's really clean in this book. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? You're looking at it right now. Um... No, I wouldn't. You wouldn't agree. I think it's pretty clean. For for David Finch, I think it's cleaner, perhaps more precise. Perhaps cleaner than usual, but it still has a lot of line work. Do you want it crisp but clean? No, no, no. I'm just I'm just saying what it is. Um it's a good looking issue. Like I especially like the sequences with the airplane <laughs> and the city. I think he does a great job of kind of drawing the city and and kind of creating i mean i think something like what he has drawn in that issue is tricky when you have like i feel like chase sequences are difficult to do in comics um and in this it's like an airplane flying through a city about to crash that's not easy to like pull all that together in in static panels but I think he did a really freaking good job in this issue. I think it's great. I, I think very atmospheric and, I mean, props to the coloring as well. I think that goes a long way in really kind of like uh, setting the tone here. <coughs> uh, the color, in case you were wondering, Ian, is... I was. <laughs> I haven't even told you who it is yet. Uh, it, it's Jordy Belair. Belair. Uh, Jordy Belair. Ah, uh, Jordy. My my next question was going to be, what do we think about... Matt, you just kind of thumbed through it, but we gave you a summation of the Superman-like characters that are Gotham and Gotham Girl. Paul, you read the whole thing. What do you think about these new characters in this introduction to Superman-level-powered heroes protecting Gotham? I feel like... <clears throat> you know, I feel like I like them because they're not just new, diverse characters being smashed down our throat. I think they're going to be around for this arc. They're going to serve their purpose, and then they're going to be gone. I don't think it's, some, it's something like Bluebird from Scott Snyder that's meant to be around the Batman universe for fucking ever, or Duke Thomas, who we see in this issue, that's meant to be, that's meant to you know erase the other four Robins that we've seen already. Paul, what else and is yellow bat or whatever the fuck that dumb costume he's gonna be wearing Paul, is all about? What else has Tom King written? Um, I don't really know. He's the vi- the been vision. like a CIA operative for it. his entire life. All now right, Tom King has been a CIA operative. What? What? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. was he in really? The, he was in the CIA. Yeah, That's legit hardcore. in the CIA, and he's. Now getting into. The, I thought you were writing. just not paying attention to what we no. were saying. No, that's that's for real. That's intense. Uh, yeah, like Good I, writer. I, I think it's I think it's cool. Um, I'm already introducing. 
Because these two characters seem like they're going to be <clears throat> supporting characters in the universe, in the, in, in the greater DC universe. You know, they don't... It doesn't feel like characters that need beating down our throats because we need more diversity. They fit... Not just... They're, they're just new characters. They fit something thematic to Batman. They, they fit into the, the Superman all-powerful role without being Superman, without bringing the complexity of the relationship of Clark and Bruce yeah. into this. It's it's something different, but also has some familiarity. And so it. far yeah. through the Rebirth books that I've read, it's a pretty tight, it's a pretty tight universe, so we're probably gonna see Superman make a cameo so, in this Batman book um, at some point to address Gotham and Gotham Girl. So you both read this book. Did you both read um, Batman Rebirth? Yes. Yeah, that was the... I don't remember Michael Jannon. this was miles better. That was Michael Jannon, Tom King slash Scott Snyder written, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I did okay. I did Where read that. Bruce is doing a workout on the top of Lake Wayne Tower. And he's getting sweaty. And Michael Jannon's work is really awesome, but the story is... oh. This is the same Scott Snyder trash that we've been reading for years now. So I'm going to take a pass and wait till Tom King gets on this book. Oh, there you go. And Tom King killed it. Yes, it's still Scott Snyder's weird, bizarro universe, but Tom King really brought a freshness to it. Now, Paul, did uh, did Dan Abnett kill it? Killed it! On My man Aquaman. killed it. I don't fucking like Aquaman. I really do. And I like... You don't? I like real Aquaman. I don't need Jason Momoa Aquaman or Grant Morrison long hair, hook hand, uh-huh. water hand Aquaman. I like Aquaman's a, just a big handsome blonde guy. Orange shirt, green pants, the one that gets made fun of throughout the... Well, maybe Brad Walker doesn't draw handsome people. But a couple of those people are really handsome. One panel of Captain Sark that if you look at my latest reviews, you'll see the panel of the week, Handsome Captain Sark. He does some some cool stuff. Like, I think Brad Walker's artwork is really neat. It's really different from the, the bulk of the artwork out there. What I really liked about this book is that Dan Abnett, in the tradition of Jeff Johns, makes Black Manta ruthless. He makes him just brutal... And just a really fucking horrible, horrible villain. And I think part of the reason I like that is because I grew up knowing Black Manta from Super Friends, the old cartoon where all the villains are kind of silly. But he has such a distinct look with the big oval head, the big black oval head with the big red eyes. He has such a neat costume, but the story behind him is so intricate. He's just so, just one note bent on revenge and killing Aquaman and he's brutal and will go to any measure to get it done. between Aquaman and Black Manta is so cool looking at the end of this book. Like I think it it legit looks awesome. He's like... It's a great splash page by the way at the end of the book. Black Manta is a more ruthless Lex Luthor because Lex Luthor is in the public eye. He needs to save face to a point. So he can only do things... He can only be so ruthless towards Superman. But no one knows who Black Manta is. So he can go after Arthur and Mira 
as much as he wants and just be a vile person. And no one cares because What's he's not his motivation? Uh, Aquaman accidentally was forced to kill his father. Ooh. So, from, but from Black Mana's perspective, Aquaman killed his dad. Right. So he's going after him. So he's he just make Aquaman, Aquaman pay. He's, yeah, he doesn't give a shit what Superman and Batman are doing. He's going to make Aquaman pay for what he did. Right. And uh, it's so a really, he's it's never, a really neat he's never fought Superman, never fought Batman. No. Not in not in this continuity. No. Interesting. And it works it works great because it, no. it makes it such a personal story. Because because Black Man will go out and try to dismantle all of Aquaman's life, which he starts doing in his first issue. Mm-hmm. And he's take no prisoners. And he's such a ruthless villain and he has that big goofy helmet with the eyes and everything, but he's it looks cool. Dan Abnett and Jeff Johns kind of have like made him silly scary. but sinister. Yeah. Now, Paul, uh, how was Aquaman Rebirth? I don't remember too much about Aquaman Rebirth because it seems like... this book shone so much brighter than Aquaman Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Do we feel like most of the Rebirth books kind of did that same thing where they're just kind of rehashing? The first issue Some seemed to be better than the actual Rebirth books. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of wish that they would have just introduced everything to the world in these first issues. <clears throat> right. Yeah, the the um, Aquaman Rebirth issue was kind of just like a Rebirth, re- or a New 52 recap. Here's here's where we're at at this yeah. point. Yeah. And it was, it was fine. Now, but how the real they... story is Aquaman number one. How does this kind of work with the New 52 Aquaman storyline? Like, does it acknowledge it's, it? Is it a part of what happened? Is it another universe? It's it's essentially the same story. Nothing nothing different happens. Um, everything that happened to Aquaman in the New 52 yeah. still happens. Uh, you know, the his brother Orm attacks the surface world, so... The surface world is still distrusting of Atlanteans because they attacked Boston and Gotham and New York. So no one trusts Atlanteans. So going into this book, Aquaman builds Aquaman and the Atlanteans build a big head, a big like United Nations off the coast of Massachusetts that <clears throat> surface dwellers can visit. It's kind of like a museum, and it's just a a way. It's the first step in bringing the land and the sea together. Mm-hmm. And everything in the New 52 has, has already happened. This is a natural next step, and Dan Abnett, the writer, does a great job making it all make sense and taking Jeff John's idea of who Aquaman is with a little wink and a nod, so it's the guy that talks to fish, and it makes it all work, and it makes Aquaman a really powerful, legitimate figure in the DC Universe. Sounds good to me. Which makes me kind of disappointed about the Jason Momoa version because maybe it's just comics, but there's a way to make the orange shirt and the green pants work in the greater DC universe. You don't need to make him a sea barbarian to make him threatening. You can make him powerful all on his own with the orange shirt and everything, but the general public isn't ready for that. I agree. Uh, One last note here before we wrap it up. Uh, Paul. Speaking of wrapping it up, um, I see that you bag and board your comics. I do. And you also talk into beer bottles. I do. (laughs) 
Okay, so you put one piece of tape on the back of your comics. Yeah. Is that is that non-traditional? Do you prefer a, two pieces of tape? It's a non-traditional. Uh, you're doing it vertical, which. You know why I'm doing a vertical? I don't know why. Because the way Scotch tape naturally serrates, it'll it'll tear. It's it's yeah, it tears easier than if you do it vertically. I agree with that. I'm not questioning the logic. I'm, I've just never seen anyone do it that way before. Well, whenever you see bag and board comics, holy shit, is this nerd talk? Whenever you see bag and board comics with two strips of tape, or are they or, vertical? Um, yes, they are. They're yeah. No one does two, two pieces of horizontal. I, that tape. I've never seen. I've, That's like going to see Warcraft and paying money for it. I've never seen that. You're I just an do the. Well, you, you're asking for it, right? If you go to see, if you pay to see Warcraft, you're asking for anything we give you the rest of the year, till December thirty first. At least I had the good sense to tell you that it was a one, and not a goddamn. Nine. That's a callback, ladies and gentlemen, to a podcast that you might have listened to two years ago. The last podcast. There have been so many. The last podcast. I need to get. Wait, this year. Time out. I need to figure out what the exact number is so that we can reference it. I do want to go back every single time that it's brought up. The Thor of the Dark World podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not hard to find. I'm just saying, I don't know. Fans, fans, go into the archives and dig it out. Find it for us. I don't know by heart, but I will by next episode. Yeah, Paul, I I find it interesting to use the single piece. I used to use the single piece, but then I found when you put them in the box, sometimes the flaps will, like, fold up. Well, you know what, Matt? You need to be super OCD like me and run your hand down the bottom box. And if you feel anything sticking up, tuck it back in. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So, the last episode of this year may be December 26th. We're gonna bust your balls about seeing Warcraft until December 26th. Yeah, I'm super Why? excited about this. This is going to get the, get the Thor the Dark World off, oh, of, oh, off no. of my this chest. This is just gonna give back. you both stuff we can make fun of. Oh, okay. So then, Matt, you know how we gang up on people on this show, right? Oh, you, oh we're ganging up on Matt till the end of the year. <laughs> uh, I'm undecided. We'll see. You're undecided? We'll gang up on you. We'll figure something out. I'm sure. We can't have just me have something, and him have something, and you not have something. All in due time. Yeah. All in due time. I'm sure it'll happen. Kind of surprised that hasn't happened yet. It probably has. Maybe it's just not going. Maybe we're not going hardcore with you. Maybe it's just a lot of little indiscretions. I mean, you guys <laughs> have said two huge stupid things, but I just say little stupid things all the time. That's gonna do it for tonight, folks. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. And Matt Cassell. Yeah, that's right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>